Welcome to the Raw and Uncensored Ambitious Podcast. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Ah, yeah, here I am, the original HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. Okay, guys, get your rubber undies on because this is one of my favorite podcasts to date that I have recorded, and it is with my hormone specialist, Dr. Evan Applebaum. Dr. Applebaum is the director of Men's Health Boston. He's a Harvard-trained, board-certified cardiologist and cardiac imaging specialist. He offers comprehensive cardiology services with a focus on preventative care, fitness, and wellness. He assists in expanding Men's Health Boston's mission to deliver world-class healthcare and help men and women live their best possible lives, as we call it here, their most ambitious lives. Dr. Applebaum provides expert cardiovascular consultations with in-office diagnostic testing, including stress, fitness testing, echocardiography, vascular ultrasound, cardiac computed tomography, CT, and heart rhythm monitoring. Dr. Applebaum has created an innovative approach that combines the best of classic bedside medicine with modern technology and cutting-edge treatment, allowing for effective care that can be tailored to individual needs. Dr. Applebaum comes to MHB with over 15 years of experience as a member of the Division of Cardiology, Non-Invasive Cardiac Imaging, and Testing Section at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, Massachusetts. He served as an assistant professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School, providing his skills as a clinician, teacher, and researcher. He has co-authored many original research articles, written book chapters, and lectured on topics in cardiovascular disease around the world. Dr. Applebaum remains affiliated with BIDMC and Harvard and welcomes all existing and new patients to his practice. Okay. That was boring as hell, but let me tell you, the accolades are on point. Dr. Applebaum is literally the bomb. I love him so much. He has saved my life, and I don't mean like that in like a joking way. Before I started working with Dr. Applebaum, and we're going to talk a lot about it in this podcast today, I was dealing with depression. I was having these crazy bouts of anxiety. No matter what I did for workouts and food, it did not matter. It, my body would just like not get in shape. I was just like in a hole. I was in a dark place. My husband actually started seeing Dr. Applebaum first. He changed like almost within days. I was so jelly that I'm like, dude, hook a sister up. I, I know it's called Men's Health Boston, but like, can a sister get a, get a friend? And Matt was like, yeah, they actually help women. So don't let the name Men's Health Boston fool you. I send so many of my ladies there from Ambitious. And I absolutely love Dr. Applebaum. I love Men's Health Boston. I love their staff. And we're going to talk really raw and real about like what I was going through, how he can help you, because I'm telling you, 
after you get your blood work done with Dr. Applebaum and you figure some things out, your whole world is about to change. And I know that this podcast is going to educate you. It's going to motivate you, inspire you. It's going to entertain you and it's going to empower you to be the number one advocate for your hormone health. Without much further ado, here is my conversation with the one, the only Dr. Applebaum. Dr. Applebaum, welcome to the Ambitious Podcast. I am so freaking excited for all the girls all across the globe to listen to what I have been doing for the last almost year of my life that you've totally changed my life and I know that you're going to change so many more people's lives. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Katie. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm pumped. I'm happy pumped. To, happy, to, happy to be here and talk about what I do on a daily basis and really... Uh, spread the gospel about feeling good and looking towards your future in life. So yeah, I'm pumped and the girls are pumped and I've been talking about you ad nauseum. So it's like overdue with this conversation. (laughs) Hopefully good things. Oh, always, always. So as you know, if you can see guys, wherever you're watching or listening, Dr. Album has the gun show. Can we have like a double bicep? Like, come on, seriously. You're an animal. I love you. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Dr. Applebaum, I want to first talk about how you got started and how you became so passionate about hormone health, because it's not a thing that's talked about a lot and it's just starting to get its feet wet right now. So how did this all happen? Like take us on a magic carpet ride of your whole like medical career and like how you got into the hormone side. Gotcha. So look, a lot of it is about my own personal journey and my own personal experience in life, you know, health and activity and feeling good and being happy is really goals that I've always had throughout my life, starting as a kid, being really active in sports, through college, then into grad school. And, you know, my general approach, once again, is very holistic. I like looking at the big picture. And even though I'm technically trained as a cardiologist, and that's what I spent a big chunk of my career doing, I've expanded that really to help people look at the big picture and their global health and their happiness and kind of their wellness. Why? Because number one, it's important to me. You know, I live by the tenets that I talk about, which is really trying my best to be active both mentally as well as fit physically uh, and feeling good and being happy. And a lot of that's a challenge these days with all the stuff that's going on and all that negative energy that's trying to bring us down. Look, my training has been all over the place. Uh, I've started in general internal medicine in order to get into cardiology. I trained in as a cardiologist, spent about 15 years practice, practicing general cardiology at a large hospital. And I realized that there was something missing in my practice. I love people. I love taking care of people. But I didn't like the big system telling me what I could and couldn't do and what rules I had to play by. I met with uh, you know the, the head of Men's Health Boston at that point. And I, I, I said, look, I think what I do could really complement what's going on in the men's health space. And uh, let's give it a try. So with a little bit of courage, I left my 15-year hospital-based career and said, look, let's, let's go. It's very ballsy, different. by the way. That's but very ballsy. It, it was a bit nerve-wracking at the point because obviously, right, you, I've got a steady salary, good hospital job, yep. nice balance of teaching and you know, research and taking care of people, but something was missing for me. And I think the big thing that was missing was my ability to be innovative and move in those directions. You know, medicine and health change dramatically quickly, right? 
and the hospital setting stifled your ability to kind of move in that direction. You'd get mired down in like meetings and bullshit, right? Yeah. And if you had a great idea, people would say, yeah, it's a great idea. Meetings would happen. Meetings would happen and nothing would fucking ever happen. That's the story of medicine. Yeah. And, and then it, you have to fuck with people's insurance all the damn time. And like correct. everything is held up in quagmire. So there's all these things holding back the wheels of change. And for me, I wanted to break through that and really be able to advocate for my patients to get what the cutting edge is. And that's really what, what pushed me in that direction. And thank fucking God that happened because it was magical. Honestly, I'm working harder than I've ever worked in my life but I'm enjoying it more than I've ever enjoyed it in my life. So I love that. I love it. It's such a true testament. And I know that just what you're saying is going to inspire so many women out there too, because I think we all think like, okay, this is the hand that we've been dealt. We should be super grateful to be a doctor in this big hospital and doing all these things. And you really listened to your like inner divine connection. You were like, I, I can do this for the rest of my life, but like, it's not fulfilling to the point where I know that I have this one precious human life and I want to just, you know, grab it by the balls and live my best life Correct. and then went over to men's health. And it's amazing. And I can bring more to people that way. So Amen. jump ship got going. All of us didn't realize what a great fit. Now we're seeing these men and we're talking about really important things. You know, the thing that I would say, there aren't many things that bring men to the doctor, but when downstairs doesn't work or the heart doesn't work, those are two things that kind of grab their attention. Yeah. And then yeah. once you got them in here, you could talk about the bigger picture of life. Absolutely. So that became successful. And then what happened? How are women involved here? Right. Cause we're here talking to you and talking yeah. to all the great women that listen to you. Mm-hmm. And so that was just a natural progression of what I did an extension. And what I mean by that is I'd sit and I talk to these guys and they'd be happy with the results. We'd really tweak their life, tweak their lifestyle, maybe talk about hormones, get them on hormone therapy, get their exercise routine, their diet, their brain in focus. And they're like, you know what? My partner has the same kind of shit going on that I do. Not happy, don't feel good, think they're ugly and fat and like all sorts of craziness. They're beautiful. And that's what I think, but they're not seeing that same thing in the mirror. Is there anything that you can do to help them? I said, look, I've been taking care of women my whole career. In the cardiology world, it was very normal, but 50-50. So I'd be happy to sit down with them because part of the problem, Katie, was that none of their doctors at the time were listening to them. Oh my God, I have chills because this is my story. This is, or, you're speaking my language right now. Yeah, and and so a lot of people have had that experience. They go in and say, I don't feel well. And they run some blood tests and they say, well, the blood tests look fine. It's just aging. It's just, you know, this is what happens. But aging is a disease, right? Uh, yeah. If you think and about would, it, like, why do we have to, why do we have to get to 40 and be like, Ah, that's it. Just close up shop. I'm just being old maid. Like why? Exactly. You don't. And that's the first step I think for everybody, both men and women, but to realize that you don't have to just lay down and die (laughs) or wither away or whatever you want to call it. You have the ability to make some changes and to find the right people to go on your health journey, your wellness journey that can help you keep yourself feeling good, even dial the clock back. I think a lot of people, once they get on a good program or like, 
I haven't felt this good in 15 years. Oh my God. That's what I was and, saying to you before we got on the call today. I was like, I feel better. I feel just as good as I did when I was like 26 years old. But now the difference is I'm older and wiser and I have money and I have a great partner. So I have everything going for me. And then what happens is what, like when you're 40, you're like, oh, I'm like, strong and capable and I have a lot of confidence now. And just as you're stepping into this powerful place as a woman in your life, you're, you know, your vagina is drier than a cat's ass. You feel fat. <laughs> you feel gross. You don't have any sex drive. And like you're, you feel like you're falling apart and you're turning into a, like a fucking treasure troll. And that's when you come in and you're like, you don't have to be this way. And here is how we're going to fix it. Correct. So kind of to that point, let's, let's get into it a little bit. Yeah. Look. I want to talk about all the, like the side effects of like all these different things that you treat, because like for me, like when you were saying about like these doctors, they just say, well, this is part of aging. My thing was I was trying to get pregnant right before COVID. Cause I, you know, I kind of was bamboozled a little bit to be like, oh, you know, we're going to put you on birth control continuously for 10 years of your life. This is what my old gynecologist wanted for yep. me. And, you know, you think that the doctors are all God and they have your best interests and they just like are going to protect you. So I'm like, okay, I don't need my period. No, there's no reason why you need your period. So I went on continuous birth control for over a decade. And she said, whenever you're ready to get pregnant, you just come off the birth control and you'll get knocked up. And I was like, great. And so I really focused on my career and I didn't meet my husband until I was older. Gotcha. And, you know, we, right before COVID, he's like, oh, do you want to have a baby? Like, I love you so much. Like, I think we should have a baby. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, why not? And then I got off the birth control, tried to get pregnant, didn't happen, went through all the bullshit. And then I was diagnosed with fibroids. Yeah. And so my gynecologist was like, you know, you're just having such a hard time. You're having heavy periods and you're in pain all the time. You're so sick. Why don't we just do a full hysterectomy? And that was when I was like 37. And I called my mom, who's also in the medical field. And she's like, fuck this shit. I'm getting an, the best goddamn gynecologist in the world for you. I don't care who I have to like, you know, give hand jobs to. I'm getting you the best. <laughs> whatever I, it takes. Whatever it takes. And I found <laughs> this incredible doctor and I went to her and she's... um was, she's actually just retired, but she's head of uh, gynecology at Beth Israel. And she came in and she looked at my chart and she goes, I just want to say this to you. And I said, tell me. And she goes, your fibroids ain't shit. And I was like, what? And I was just oh. like, oh, I love this woman. She's exactly. amazing. And she made me feel so confident. Now, this is the crazy part, how this all works out. Matt, as you know, my husband, who you also treat, he's a patient of yours as well. Yeah. I went to go have an internal ultrasound like on the floor up from where Men's Health Boston is gotcha. in Chestnut Hill. And Matt was like, he has actually calls on a bunch of doctors there. And he goes, hey, I'm going to go see this doctor, that doctor. And then he walked by Men's Health because it was like right outside of the um, elevator. And he's like, hey, while you're up there, I'm going to go check out what this Men's Health Boston thing is. And I was like, do it. And then he walked in. He fell in love with your staff. He made an appointment. He started seeing you and he was like living his best life for like six months. And I was like, okay, my husband is like his libido is back. He feels invigorated. He's happy. He's not having all these slumps. I'm like, I want what you're taking. And then I said to myself, but it's men's health, Boston. Do they see women too? And he's <laughs> like, yes, they do. And now, and now I'm well, seeing you too. And like my whole life has changed and I feel so powerful and strong because I feel like you believe in me and I also can advocate for my own health instead of letting other doctors tell me you're broken and you need something that you don't even need. Correct. Correct. You're amazing. Like all the women out there. All right. So, so the funny thing about that 
what you just spoke about is I remember when he said to me kind of sheepishly, he's like, well, you know, I have, you know, my significant other who has like a couple of things. Do you think maybe you could see her? And I was like, yeah, of course. You know, I remember that conversation initially. And it happens all the time. Every week I see guys who then are now realizing that I could help their significant other. So So when I started working with you, Dr. Applebaum, um, my biggest issue was my low testosterone, right? So I would say yes. So let's look at it from a couple of uh, just a a global view. Okay. Look, as we age, our bodies change. Our metabolism begins to go come down, right? Oh shit, Sherlock. And our and our hormones change. Yeah. Pretty much we start to make less and less of a handful of hormones that have very significant effects. Take testosterone, for example. People just think about it as a sex hormone, right? But that's not it. All right. It's a brain hormone. Okay. So things like mood, focus, energy, get up and go, vigor, vitality, like the core things that kind of make us who we are, it influences that in the brain. Yes, it regulates libido, which is your interest in sex, how horny you are, right? Mm -hmm. It's a metabolic hormone. So it regulates your metabolic rate, your ability to maintain your body composition, the way you burn calories, the way you store fat, the way you make muscle, right? And it's a sex hormone. So it drives sexual function in many ways. So when you look at that, And the fact that it declines slowly and steadily for both men and women, right? All of a sudden, it among the many variables that you have challenge in life with, it starts to make a big difference. And it can make you feel like shit when it drops. And by restoring it to more physiologic levels, you can bring yourself back to that better place across the board, right? Mm -hmm. Men predominantly make testosterone in their testicles. Yes. Women don't have testicles by and large. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't have testicles. So where does it come from? It comes from your adrenal gland and it comes from your ovaries. And some of those hormones are also converted to testosterone in the periphery of your body. So if you have like adrenal fatigue and things like that, you're fucked. You're not going to be making adequate amounts of of androgen, testosterone, right? So that can be a, a cause, right? But once again, as you age as well, there's a natural decline in production in your from your ovary as well as your adrenal glands and the peripheral conversion of it. Yes. So um, much like men, age-related decline in the testicles and the gonads, right? Women have a decline too. Women need testosterone. What women don't realize is that you have some in your body. It has a role and that it can decline as well. Because everyone's like, you're taking hormone replacement therapy. What if you look like a man and a bodybuilder? And I was like, bitch, I would kill at this moment to look like a man because I was looking like a motherfucking amoeba because I didn't matter how much I worked out, how perfect I ate, how much sleep I got. I could not put on muscle. And this is coming from someone who was very competitive in pageants and fitness athleticism when I was in my 20s. So it's like, I know how to work out. I know how to do all those things. I have a leg up on most women, but it was like, no matter what I did, like the old tricks weren't working anymore. Yeah, the results just weren't there despite how hard you were working. That becomes frustrating. Oh my God. Right? And it causes you to be, you know, unhappy, depressed. And you're like, shit, this is the way it's going to be forever. It doesn't have to be that way. Because if you measure your testosterone level and it's relatively low or rock bottom like it is for many women, right? By bringing it up, simple medication, safe medication, you can dramatically change that course. 
and get back to feeling like, you know what, I'm hitting it hard in the gym and boom, I'm seeing those results. Oh I'm energetic. Gosh, I'm focused. I'm dialed in in my career. You know, I'm dialed in in my life. I'm horny. I'm, you know, so testosterone regulates a lot. Okay. Estrogen is the other biggie for women as well, right? Made in your ovaries predominantly, right? And declines with age. It's going to be involved in the sexual function side of things, like being able to get wet, vaginal lubrication during yes. sex. You yes. talked about being dry, being sandpaper, like right? the Sahara. Sex, sex hurting, right? Yeah. Intercourse hurting, right? Ugh. Well, a lot of that can be estrogen related. So there, by bringing your estrogen level up, if you're low, you can improve those kind of things. The other biggie for estrogen is bone health. Mm. Women don't feel it, but remember, you can start to develop what we call brittle bones or osteoporosis. Yes. Mm-hmm. The milder version is what we call osteopenia. Penia, right. You can measure that with a bone density scan. And estrogen levels, as they decline, can actually you know, make that worse. So by bringing the estrogen levels up, you can improve bone health. And what that does fortifies your skeleton. And as you age, right, you don't have to worry about breaking those bones, hip fractures, spinal fractures, you know, things that cause us to hunch over, you know, those kind of things. My nightmare. I never want to be that old lady in market basket pushing my carriage around all hunched over with my fancy feast and my wonder bread. I, yeah. I like that. You want to run people, you want to run people over, yes. give them a little shoulder as you go by. Absolutely. I got it. Absolutely. I've it's seen your type true. out there. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the things um, when you have low testosterone in women? Okay. So you have never come to Dr. Applebaum, but you just feel like a bag of smashed assholes. Let's go over some of like, these are the symptoms. And I can talk to mine too, because I had like, when you actually Google, what are the symptoms of low T in women? I think I had every fucking one on the planet, like all of them, like all of them. And by the way, and it's not the same. I'm not saying menopause and what we call menopause are the same. And this doesn't have to be, you don't have to be menopausal even to have decline in these hormones or symptoms, right? Younger women, premenopausal women can have them too. As you age and get towards perimenopause and menopause, more common. Um, But like I said, let's talk about the brain first of all. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not sharp. I'm foggy. You know, I can't, you know, I used to be able to do 10 things at once and I I, I forget. uh, I'm forgetful. You know, I just don't I feel have that. numb. I felt numb all the yeah. time. Like no matter what good or bad was happening in my life, I just felt like I was a sociopathic person. And I was just like, I had no feelings. And I was like, this is not like me because I'm a very emotional person. Yeah. And I just started to feel just numb. I don't even know how else to explain it. Well, and th- everyone feels things a little differently, but there's so many mood variations and brain functional variations. I can't tell you how many stories I've had in my practice where I've had people who've been resistant to antidepressants. Doesn't matter what they take. You measure their T level, rock bottom, bring their T level up. Holy shit. They don't feel depressed anymore. So it wasn't a depression problem. It was your endocrine system was fucked up, which affects your brain. And that causes depressed type symptoms, right? Yes. Oh, I was so depressed. And I also was having the craziest out of body anxiety attacks. Like I would be driving in my car and I would just be like, I'd feel like I was like on that Willy Wonka ride when he's on the boat and everything's yeah. going like fast by him. And I would be like, oh, and like one time I was in Portugal coming home from a, a retreat that I was hosting. And I was like, I'm not getting on this plane. Like I, it was like something out of the bridesmaids movies. Like I was yeah. oh, it's going down. There's a Puritan, there's a Puritan woman. She's turning butter on the wing. Like I was a fucking head case. <laughs> and I was like, what is wrong with me? And it came out of 
nowhere. I had never had an anxiety attack in my entire life until probably about right around a year ago. And I saw you a couple of months later and then like, and I never had one ever again since I've had my pellet. And I would just say, so testosterone is going to be a regulator of all variations of mood, right? And as you describe it, I mean, many people may feel it differently, but that's a biggie. One of the brain effects, mm-hmm. motivation. That's another one. You know, you just don't, you know, you used to want to get to the gym or get out there, do go for a run, you know, go for a hike, yep. travel. What's the point? What's I want to live my life. All of a sudden you don't want to do it. Like yep. between COVID, COVID was a biggie. It, it brought everybody down, I think, yes. for many reasons. Agreed. But once again, that sense of, of feeling like you have a purpose in life and you have a reason to get up every day. So that's a variation of it. Obviously, the, the what I talked about earlier was your sex drive. So obviously, many women come in and they say, like, you know, rather than have sex, I'd prefer to do Sudoku or, you know, or do crosswords puzzles or, or you know, go do laundry or, oh or, or, or brush my cat. I, I don't yeah. know. Anything but get in bed with my significant other and, and you know, do the deed, right? Yeah. Anything. Yeah. And, and I was like, well... Were you like that like five years ago or 10 years ago? No, back then I was like, you know, let's go at it. Animal. So, yeah. So obviously that libido, that interest in sex, that sex drive is a biggie in the brain. And for me, it was like, it was that, but it was also like how painful sex was like, because when you're so dry and and like, it's not that like people say like, don't you love your husband? I'm like, oh my God, I love my, I die for my husband, but it doesn't matter. Like, I don't give a shit. It was like so painful that I would, be like, brace yourself, Effie. You know, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to, ha- I'm 42 years old. Like, why do I have to like hold, like hold, like grip down? Like, this isn't very fun. You know Sh- what I mean? Shouldn't be that. And so, and you talk like both of those hormones, estrogen and testosterone can snowball because as your ability to prepare your vagina for intercourse goes down, as your sex drive goes down, that ain't a good combination for really healthy sex life, right? Yeah. So I'd say that's like a double whammy, you know? And uh, and so by measuring those hormones, bringing those up, you can reverse those concepts. So mm-hmm. libido, sex drive, that's a big one, right? Other big area that I hear a lot of women talk about is their body composition. Uh, you know, I yes. used to be leaner. I'd be go- I can go to the gym now, hit it hard. I see no results. In fact, I feel like I'm gaining weight and not the right kind of weight. And mm-hmm. I don't like the way this looks and that looks and this looks. So once again, metabolically, testosterone is really regulating your ability to see results with the exercise, the dietary changes you may make. If your levels are real low, you're fighting against a current that's coming right at you. Hard so no matter how hard you work out and how clean you eat, your ass is still going to look like two squirrels fighting in a wet paper bag. Correct. And, and, yeah. you, and you, don't, you don't want that. So low T, bring that up. You'll see results. You know, the thing that I would say to people as well is when you go down the route of testosterone replacement therapy, you have to keep in mind that there's a time course to see results. You know, changing your body composition doesn't happen overnight. No. So you still have to be committed. But the early things that will change are the brain. That motivation will be there, right? The mood change will be there. And then everything else slowly files in, sexual function, metabolic changes, body composition, just takes time. So this is something that you have to be ready to commit to three, six, nine, 12 months 
really to see optimal changes. It's not how long be can you be on hormone replacement therapy? Say for like if we're you were going to do a pellet or something like that, can you yeah. be on it forever? You can. I say I never say forever to anybody. So I always tell people the first thing is let's see what a difference it makes in your life. If after three or six or nine months getting adequate levels for you, you don't feel any different, then we're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. You know, but I'd be willing to bet that with your levels right now, by bringing it up after three, six, nine months, you're going to feel a whole lot better. So I will, get- I will say to, for this is a true story within a week of getting my first pellet that was in July of 2023, within a week, it was almost like, you know, in the wizard of Oz where Dorothy like lands in Oz and it went from like black and white into technicolor and she <sighs> Uh, that's how, literally overnight. I was like, OMG, I am in Oz. This is insane. And I'm not just saying that because it's you talking to me right now. It changed my life that fast, that much. And so I would say for you, you had a very prominent brain effect. You oh know? my God. Instantaneous. And, and so that, that can happen. But I always prepare people that it may not be that way for everybody. Everybody's body's different. And, you know, maybe your levels were lower. One person's not as low. So it may take a little time. But back to your question of forever, I always, I'll always say, let's make sure it's doing some good for you. Then from a safety perspective, it's safe. And this is a conversation that I have with a lot of people. You can get hormones online. You can get hormones in the, in the spa. You know, the, the concern that I have there is you don't have someone like myself or other healthcare providers that are going to follow you along that journey. Cause that does like any out. journey, there are bumps in the road. Yeah. And what I do is I keep my eye on your safety and your health and how you're feeling. And if we need to modify or change something, you want someone to give you oversight, right? You don't want to be flying blind. No. So I'd say it's a safe hormone as well as estrogen or the combination. Um, however, you want someone there to keep an eye on you. And that's what, that's really what we do, I think, really, really well. You know, we keep, we're there at your hip. You know, you, you have any questions, any concerns. We see you more regularly, I think, over the first year, just to make sure you're feeling good, you're getting some benefit, your laboratory work looks good, you're feeling good, your blood pressure's okay. You know, all potential side effects, which they're minimal, but can happen. Yes, yes. So I think once we establish that, yes, Dr. Applebaum, this is a game changer for me. Then we map out the next phase. Mm-hmm. The next phase is next phase is going to be a couple of years. Let's do this for a couple of years and see how you do. And then beyond that, I've got many patients who've been on hormone replacement therapy, testosterone for decades. Wow. And especially on the male side, it really has altered their course, really changed the way that they've aged, aging much more gracefully, much more happily right? And really active and feeling good about themselves. But once again, let's take it in steps, baby steps at first, and then we can map out the the longevity of it once we see some benefit to you. Yeah. Because you know, I don't know if you know this, but when I first came in, I, I think we had talked about it like just briefly is back in the early 2000s, I was, I grew up in a bodybuilder, hardcore, old yeah. school, 90, 1990s, early 2000s bodybuilding gym. So yeah. I, I actually used a lot of performance enhancing drugs that were totally illegal 
should not have been doing it. Now that I know what I know now with you, like how I go in a week before I see you with my blood work and we go yeah. over all these things and we manage all these levels. I, I know for a fact, and we can't cry over spilt milk, but I did a lot of irreparable damage to my body at a, at a young age for with all the dieting, all the working out, all the cardio, and then just like shoving shit in my body, like Winstrol and Anadrol and all yeah. these crazy things, you know? So I know like... I know that side of the fence. And then I know what I've experienced with you guys as an, in a woman in her forties, where I go in a week before I see you, I get my blood work. And every time it's the same protocol over and over, I feel so safe yeah. and I feel so looked after. And I think that that's something so amazing that you guys have over everybody else in the field who are just like you said, you go in a spa, you can get all these different things. And it's like, who's managing you? Like, yeah. what if you had to have adverse side effects, which I know you said they're minimal, but you know, people do have adverse side effects to doing hormone replacement therapy and also like peptides and stuff like that. And to have someone like you in my corner to be like, hey, I don't like this or we got to do this or do that. No one else is doing that. Correct. I so I think that's kind of crazy too. Like there's, are there no like regulations on certain types of things or is this, is this just well, like what it happens? So it's about consumerism, right? You, a lot of people want the fast and easy approach. So you, you, circumvent or you go around the healthcare yeah. system in order to get what you think is right for you. And you may be totally right, but you are putting yourself a little bit in harm's way because there are things that we need to monitor. When we look at your blood work, right? What are, what are we looking at? Obviously, yeah. we're looking at your testosterone, your estrogen, your progesterone levels, but testosterone can stimulate red blood cell production and cause what we call polycythemia, which is more blood red blood cells, right? And when those numbers rise too high, your blood can get thick. Mm. Thick blood, blood clots, things like that can be a risk. And we don't want you to go in that direction. So by monitoring that simple number periodically, we can decide whether we need to adjust doses, whether we want you to donate blood or have what we call a therapeutic bleeding or phlebotomy. Oh my God, I've heard about this. Someone yep. was talking about this the other day. I was like, what? This is crazy. Yeah. You, you come into the office and we take off a pint of blood just to make sure that number comes down in a safer range. That's one important thing. Your estrogen testosterone balance is important. You don't want your estrogen levels to fly too high. You don't want your T levels to fly too high because that's when you run into some of the side effects. Most women are concerned about the masculinizing side of things, right? Yes. They don't want a deep voice. Most don't, right? They don't want hair in places that you don't want it because you spend a lot of do. time and money sometimes making sure it doesn't grow there, right? Yes. Uh, they don't want necessarily clitoromegaly, which is an enlarged clit. You know? Oh, I've had, I had that back in the dizzle. Yeah. So it's, that was like a party favor. Yeah. Common but. with with bodybuilders, bodybuilding doses of anabolics, right? Acne. So your oil glands can get revved up. So these are all things that we need to keep an eye on and can modify if they crop up. Now, once again, we're talking about lower doses of hormones, not, you know, bodybuilding doses, which are, can be five to 10 times the dose of what we would normally give mm -hmm. uh, women and men. But once again, you, we want to keep an eye on things. And that's the important thing. There are a lot of what I call chop shops out there. And I'm sorry, you know, they'll take your cash. Don't apologize. They'll give you a box full of hormones and adios amiga, you know, or amigo. And to me, that's just not smart. 
I, I love meeting ex-bodybuilders or current bodybuilders. Often I will see them. They'll show up kind of freaked out, like I've been doing this stuff for a while. Have I fucked up my body? I don't feel great. My head feels like it's about to explode. Help. And look, I'm the type of person who's always like, I'll help, I'll help anybody, right? And I'll start with, well, like, where are you now here? What are you trying to accomplish? Are you competing still? Are you post-competing and you're really just trying to look good and feel good? Let's get real with kind of body image as it relates to health. You want to feel good. You want to live a long life, but you want to feel good. You want to be active. You know, we may need to readjust what you you're you're expecting. You know, the you challenge- get dysmorphic when you yeah. bodybuild and you you get your mind gets very dysmorphic. And I would say, look at social media today. It's it's a challenge not to feel really self conscious about every aspect of your physical being, yes. right? Yeah. And so people sometimes have unrealistic goals. And if you're really trying to achieve these unrealistic goals, that's when you start heading into the harm range for yourself. We don't want that. We want to start by readjusting how you feel, how you feel about yourself. And then, yeah, let's get you on a regimen that's a little bit more dialed back, but can help you accomplish what you want. And I love engaging people in these conversations because, you know, they feel like they're alone in their journey and that's not the way it should be. More people, more providers like myself should be out there really helping these people because that's at the core of what we do as doctors and healthcare providers. Put our hand out and let's say, let's let's talk about this and let's move forward together. You're not alone. Absolutely. So, so you know, once again, the, the point was really you need oversight. You do not want to fly blind in this situation. If you want to really gain the benefit from it and avoid any little potential harm, that's the best way to do it. So all the ladies out there that are listening in ambitious land, you're listening to Dr. Applebaum and you're like, oh my God, he is speaking directly to me. So talk about if someone's feeling the same way I felt, or maybe they have their own range of issues, yep. what, what would be like the first thing that you do with people? You would obviously have them come in and meet with you. Yeah. I, you know, there, you know me- medicines become virtual these days. I, it's fine. It has its place, but I love face to face. So come on in. We sit down, we talk about you, your own life journey, your own health journey, your own goals. Where are you right now? Let's figure out in, say, 10 different parameters about the way you feel, both physically and mentally, where you're at, what you want to work on. The next step really is after I examine you is to get some blood work. Uh, And that will give me a sense of what your hormone levels are. I like to look at things like cholesterol, make sure you don't have high cholesterol, Uh, We measure in the hormonal side of it, testosterone, free testosterone. So one, uh, you know, kind of misconception out there is people think that that total testosterone is the important number. It's actually the free testosterone. Oh, I didn't know that. That's the biologically active molecule. And the way to explain it is that there's a big pool of testosterone in the body. Most of that is bound to protein in your blood. Mm. Everyone's heard of albumin. Yeah, protein in the blood that acts mm-hmm. like a sponge for some testosterone. There's something called SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin. Yes. That binds testosterone. And there's a small little bit left over that goes unbound. That's what's biologically active. That's the important number. That's the number that's going to correlate most with symptoms and treatment. So we measure not only total, 
but SHBG and free testosterone. We want to know what your estrogen level is, your progesterone level, thyroid function, which is involved in metabolism. We want to know what your thyroid function is. We want to know what your pituitary function is. And that helps us gauge where you are in menopause. So there's something called follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, FSH, LH. We want to see where those levels are and where you are in that spectrum. Are you premenopausal, peri, postmenopausal, right? And then we look at things like diabetes measurements, hemoglobin A1C, vitamin D levels. That's important in your health and the way you feel. So we kind of get a global sense hormonally and metabolically where you're at. And then we see you after a couple of weeks to review all those labs and decide based on what your goals are. And I always tell women, you know, what are the top two things that you want to accomplish first and foremost? You want to gain energy and say you want to lose weight. You want to, you want to lose a little weight. You want to get better in bed. You, you know, let's focus on that. Scale from one to 10, where are you now? I'm a two, I'm a three, but let's try to get you eight, nine, 10. And maybe we choose hormone number one. I'm also a believer in not doing too many things at once. Yes. Because you want to know cause and effect, right? And if something has a side effect, you want to know what it's related to. So I always usually start with a hormone that's targeted towards your goals. So if we started on testosterone, I wouldn't mix estrogen in there just yet, Mm -hmm. especially if some of those estrogenic symptoms are not big. You're not having hot flashes. You're not really dry downstairs. You're really focused in body composition or performance or brain health. Let's get you dialed in on the testosterone. And then after that's balanced and you're feeling better, if there are some estrogenic side things that are still bothering you, we can kind of tease a little estrogen in. So we look at your labs. We kind of focus on a program for you. The other big hormone is growth hormone. Yes. That's something that we don't talk a lot about. Made by your pituitary gland is involved in your circadian rhythms, Katie, circadian rhythms. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's sleep and recovery, right? Mm -hmm. That's the quality of your skin, your hair, your nails, your tendons, your ligaments, anything that's composed of collagen and elastin, growth hormone affects that, right? And metabolism, leanness, body composition, growth hormone production declines as we age. And once again, that can be something that's important. Now, we don't uh, prescribe synthetic human growth hormone. I did, illegal... that back in the, I did that back in the day yeah, too. Back in the, especially in the 80s, uh, it was less regulated, early 90s. The FDA at some point said, you can't scribe that unless you're a kid who's deficient and not growing. Yes. Or you're an adult who's had something bad happen to your pituitary gland and you don't make any anymore. Yes, yes. The reason is, is there's what we call a very narrow therapeutic window on synthetic human growth hormone, right? It can cause harm. It can cause tissues like your bones, your jaw, your bones to grow. It can cause your heart to grow, right? It has been linked with cancer. So when you talk about those things and the potential downside, um, it, it's something that you don't want to get involved in per se, and certainly not legal to scribe. So what do we do to promote growth hormone production? There's a class of medications uh, called peptides. Now, peptides, very generic name, can mean protein, can mean a lot of things. There are peptides that aren't related to growth hormone, like semaglutide, weight loss drugs, they call them peptides. But when I say peptides, these are molecules that are designed to enhance your own natural growth hormone production. 
So there's a bit of a safety valve built into that. Why? Because your pituitary is only going to make as much growth hormone as it can make. And what this medication is designed to do is help stimulate your pituitary to optimize your own natural production, should it be low. The way that we measure growth hormone, and I know this is a lot of info I'm throwing at you. Oh, I love it. The girls are nerds. They love this shit. There's something called IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor one, which is a surrogate marker for growth hormone. We measure that in your blood. If it's low and your symptoms are such, then it seems like you're potentially deficient in growth hormone, might be a candidate for a peptide. The peptides have recently become more regulated by the FDA. They're not sure what to do. Right now, the only peptide that's available that's a growth hormone stimulator is something called sermorolin. Um, it's the granddaddy or the grandmama of peptides. It's been, it's been around, around a long, long time, yeah. right? And it's an injectable, um, best way to take it, uh, but available. And we use a fair amount of it in my practice in women and men. And we've had some very good results. Um, Ipamorolin, CJC1295, there are a handful of them out there that are now regulated. You can't get them um, from pharmacies out there. We'll see where the landscape goes with that. You know, obviously, the more studies that are out there, probably the better for us anyway to understand the, the cause and effect. But right now we're talking mainly about somorolin. But once again, as an adjunct or an addition to testosterone replacement, maybe estrogen replacement, you can add a, a peptide. What's the best way to take testosterone? So I always tell people for women, I think the two best ways are the following. One, creams and gels. The benefit of that, easy to start. You can slather it on. Uh, it gets absorbed can pretty quickly bring up your T level. If you don't like the way it makes you feel, you can stop it and it's out of your system within a day or two. The downside is you got to slather it on every day. You got to let it dry. You can't hug people. You can't, and it's kind of a bit of a pain in the ass, but it's safe. It's effective. And often, unfortunately, you need higher levels of concentration to really get your testosterone level moving. The other option that I find very, very convenient and effective for women are these little pellets made out of testosterone. And that's what I use. Yep. It's a very simple uh, office-based procedure. Often in the hip or the glute, we give you a shot of numbing medication called lidocaine or xylocaine, much like you have had at the dentist. Numbs the area. We make a little pinhole incision in the skin, push this pellet right under the skin, Band-Aid, boom, off to the races. You let it heal for a day, no glute workout for the day. And then Once again, it slow dissolves over a three-month period, gets you beautiful levels of testosterone. You can adjust the dose there by adding more or less pellets. And estrogen can also be given as a pellet form. Many women know estrogen, oral estrogen, patch, cream, but estrogen can be given as a pellet as well. So for a lot of my women who are on both estrogen and testosterone, I implant pellets, easy, convenient. The one thing that women should know, once again, if you have your uterus out there and you're taking estrogen, you do not want unopposed estrogen. That can lead to buildup or the line of the lining of the uterus, promote endometrial cancer. Mm-hmm. So you want to take progesterone to prevent that lining from building up. So often you will do implantable estrogen testosterone, but do nightly progesterone. One of the benefits of oral progesterone is it can help you sleep. Wow, so I didn't even know often that. That's a triple combination once you get on that therapy. So um, you can inject testosterone. 
it's just for women, it's such small doses. Uh, it, it's hard to do. Testosterone comes in an oil and little needles and syringes really hard to do. Yeah. I don't find that being a real great pathway. So Matt uses it. Matt does the injectable. It's just like a little thing. He's shoved yeah, it in his Different leg. for men because it's a much larger dose. We often, yeah. you know, but I would say most women prefer either creams or pellets. The pellets are so easy. And honestly, they don't even hurt. Like last time I got my, two times ago when I got my pellet, I had to go on a, like an overnight flight. And I was like, oh my God, my ass is going to hurt so bad. And like, I didn't feel anything. And I was like, this is great. Like so easy. And you don't have to worry about it whatsoever. And so I've been doing the testosterone since around July of 2023. And then last time I came into the office, which was three months ago, I met with Nora, who I adore. She's amazing. She's awesome. I was like, girlfriend, hook a sister up with some peptides. And she's like, well, you can do it this way. You can do that way. And I just looked at her and I was like, just give me the freaking needle. I'm like, I'm not afraid. of. <laughs> I just keep saying to myself, this is going to make me so beautiful. That's like, so every night when I have well, to inject look, it. Well, the proof is in the pudding. You know what I mean? Look at you. Thank you, Dr. Applebaum. It's all because of you guys. I mean, I was looking like an old No, it's all because of you. It's about you wanting to make a change in your life. Yeah, you're right. Thank and you. becoming proactive. And you know, we're giving you advice and options, but you're the one who's doing it. And, you know, so that's the message that I give to all the women out there. You have the control. The first step really is recognizing that you're not happy about something. Mm -hmm. And the next step is getting off your ass and doing something about it. Amen. And don't be if you do that, we're here to help. You know, that's the whole thing. We're going to support you. But you got to do it. You got to get I always up. say to the girls, no one's going to come and knock on your door and be like, oh, you're not happy with where you're at in your life. Oh, come with me. Like, I mean, no, like even like people that love you don't give a fuck that much. They have their yeah. own shit to worry about. You know, you have to stop being the victim. And that's what being ambitious is all about is like be the head bitch in charge of your life. Advocate for yourself. Stop being the victim. Stop making excuses. There's plenty of things like you. I mean, I would I felt like shit and I was like, this cannot be how I feel like when I'm just stepping into like this age in my life where I'm like, have it all figured out and I feel yeah. confident and all these things. And now I'm going to go out like this old shriveled raisin. No, thank you. And I made it a point to go and seek you out, even though it was a little uncomfortable to talk to someone I didn't know about like how I don't want to have sex because it hurts and my vag is drier than a cat's ass and everything's falling apart and sagging. And like my boobs look like two, you know, puppy dog ears. It's just like, what is happening? And now the body recomp is ha- kicking in right now. Like yeah. I totally feel like, um, the body is recomping itself. I got a DEXA scan yeah. in October and I'm going to have another one in February. So just, to just, see- just for the viewership, DEXA is a bone density scan. It tells me how strong your bones are. Are they brittle? Or are they not? So that's important information. Mm-hmm. And also the one that I got also shows like the ratio of body fat, visceral fat, and just like regular yeah. tissue. So you and, got a quantitative body comp. There are a lot of yeah. body comp machines. When you go into a gym, they often have this handheld device that estimates your body composition. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you do with a bone density scan, it's, it's quantitative. It uses yeah. x-rays yep. and by compartment in your body, your head, your arms, your legs, your abs, you know, your glutes. What's the fat to muscle ratio? Yes. It also looks internally. There's something called visceral fat, the fat that's on the inside, which we didn't get into. We can do another segment at some point Definitely. about women and cardiovascular risk, which is an underappreciated thing. So, you know, still the leading killer for women is cardiovascular disease, heart attack so and stroke. But wow. that visceral fat, that inside fat is important in understanding metabolic health. 
Yeah. And that's the one that I did because I was like, I, I'm a nerd and I like, I think um, nothing gets managed that doesn't get measured. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm on this. I'm on these hormone replacement therapy with Dr. Applebaum. I'm really like working out again, like hard. Like I feel like, like you said, the motivation to get in the gym. I'm eating super healthy. I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm doing all these things, the supplements, the this, the that. And so I had the DEXA scan and I'm going to go back in February and I want to get one like every three months just to like have real clear cut data to, because I know, I know my body. I'm super in tune with my body. And I think a lot of women are not super in tune with their body. I think it's just for me competing my whole life and everything being about my physicality that I just became very in tune. So I want to measure everything. And so I'll let you know how that goes when I have my next DEXA scan to see like how much my body fat has changed and how much my visceral fat has changed and all that, all that happy horse shit. But I think that everybody should really know where they're at in life. Like you should know what your hormones say. You should know what your body fat is. You should know all these things. Why do, why do we know what Kim Kardashian is wearing to the fucking golden globe awards or whatever? And we don't know about our own goddamn bodies. And this is why, and actually like the evil forces out there want us as women to be disconnected from our bodies because then we, when we're not sovereign autonomous beings, then we can be controlled mentally. That's, my whole thing. Exactly. And you, and you want to control your own destiny. Absolutely. That's the key. 100%. So when you do peptides, what do you usually see like within a couple of months? Like how long does it usually take to see when you start doing the injectable peptides? Because like I said before, I'm on Smorlin and I do my injections every night. I do 30 migs. That's my dose yep. a, a night. When do you start to see results and what are the results feel like, look like, how do they show up? So much like that course with testosterone therapy, you're going to have brain effects that come on the quickest. So your sleep cycle, your circadian rhythm, your recovery. So remember that, you know, when you're partaking in an exercise routine, especially if it's intensive, you have to respect recovery. You won't see results if you don't let your body recover. And one of the problems is, you know, stress hormones are released during every workout. We need those stress hormones to come down. Cortisol, for example to come down in order for you to be ready for your next workout. If your stress hormones are up, right, and you stack these workouts, your gains go down. You want to make sure you're recovered. So optimizing your growth horn enables you to recover quicker. So sleep and recovery are going to be important ones to look at in the short term, maybe four or six weeks in. Then the metabolic changes can occur. Once again, body compositional changes you know, you start to lean out a little bit more, you know, you're not going to lose weight per se, but you're going to get leaner, right? Your muscles are going to pop and we like that. Right. And so that that's, that's the next stage. That's more like a three to six month run in, in order to see body compositional changes. And then the quality of your skin, your hair, your nails, once again, takes time often in line with those metabolic changes. So you're going to see that recovery kind of early on, and then later on, body composition and the quality of everything else in your body just takes a little it. time. I Be already patient. see a lot. I already see a lot of it. Honestly, the skin, the sleep, honestly, all of it is already happening. But I'm also really diligent. Like I'm, I'm like, dude, if I'm gonna pay for this and I'm gonna like put a needle in my body every day damn right i'm not going to be fucking around eating shit and drinking booze and being an so, asshole look i think you bring up a great point to emphasize which is hormone replacement therapy is not effective when it's done in a silo what yes. it needs to be done is with a program in your life 
And that's going to address your activity level. Get the fuck up off the couch and move your body. However you like to do it, you're going to read hit is better than resistance is better than cardio. I don't, don't listen to that. What do you like to do? Mm -hmm. Get up and do it. Move your body. Watch what you eat. Doesn't mean starve yourself. The engine needs fuel, but you want the right fuel. You want the optimal fuel. So balance that out, right? What else? The brain. You need to be cool. You need to be happier. You need to be dialed in a little bit more from a mental health perspective. So pay attention to that because if this ain't working well, then everything else will fall apart. So be mindful. You know, whether you like to meditate, whether you like to listen to music, whether you like to paint or make pottery or travel or whatever the hell it is, do it for mental health because that's something that's overlooked a lot, I think. So you need to balance all these pillars in order for you to optimally move forward and be successful in your health journey. So no, no truer words have ever been spoken, Dr. Applebaum. Yeah. This is awesome. Do you have anything else that you'd like to say that maybe we missed or... No, look, I, 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 a little bit look more than we already have. My, my hope for all you out there is that number one, it's empowering you with information to know that you can make positive changes in your life. So go forth with that. Do that. There are lots of good healthcare providers out there who are willing to go along that journey with you. Find them, engage them and move forward. I'm always happy to see anybody. My staff love to see anybody. We are located in Chestnut Hill, Mass., and we have an office uh, in the North Shore up in Tewksbury uh, that can cover Southern New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, the North Shore area. So wherever you're at, whether you live far away, come on in and see us. Happy to help you and happy to help you achieve your goals. I love so, that. And I think, Katie, that any contact info, you may have my, my, email, my uh, website. And yeah. we are on Instagram. So that's another way to connect with us. I'll Check put us all out that on in the Instagram. show notes. I'll yep. put it all in the show notes. And Dr. Applebaum, I have to tisk you. What the heck? You have an you have an Instagram account, your personal one, and you don't use it. <laughs> so I, I don't. Oh maybe it's God, a function. Man. Maybe it's a function of my age. I don't know. <laughs> you sound like my husband now. He's like, "Come on, I don't do that shit." I'm like, "Come on." So, so I love it. Like you know, twice a year, if I put something on there, it's probably a lot. I get, I get some thumbs up and hearts. I love it. I, love it. But I, I think love you're right. It. One of my own goals is to be a little bit more active out there. I think you know we do a pretty good job on our Instagram. Oh yeah, it's your home, Instagram is it's, awesome. It's, it's homegrown. We do it from you know from inside. Um, but uh, we have a lot of good information. So check us out there. Yes, I leave and, all that in the show notes so you guys can follow Men's Health Boston. Maybe if you want to request to see Dr. Applebaum's Instagram, but I don't know if anything's going on over there, but the whatever, we're just going to let that go. All right. But you're a star, Dr. Applebaum. You are like the hormone, you're the star of the hormone world. I appreciate that. And once again, we're, we're here. And even if you can't come in to see, if you have any questions, concerns, always happy to help you out. Katie, you know how to connect us. Of course. I'll see you around. Yes. Um, be well, everybody. Be happy, be healthy. And just remember, you have control over course of your life so take yes. control of it. amen oh my All god right? this was such an amazing amazing interview thank you dr applebaum for being part of this ambitiousness yeah. and in the meantime don't forget to stay ambitious everyone and i will see you next tuesday 